Welcome to this Wednesday podcast of Vine and Fig Tree. And today we're going to talk about something as a preface to looking at another false assumption that's very important for each one of us. And that is, are we as noble as the Bereans? And that is indicated by Acts 17, 10 through 12. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with eagerness and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Consequently, many of them believed and also not a few of the Greeks, honorable women as well as men. And look at what it says. They searched the scripture daily whether these things were so. Everything that you hear in the community of the believers you should be searching scriptures to see if it's so. Men and women throughout history have gotten into deep trouble by not looking into the word and being familiar with God's ways themselves, but relying on some man or some woman to teach them everything. That is not God's plan for each one of us. It's how is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of us has something to share. Not just the pastor, and the, the term layman is not found anywhere in Scripture. We need, the, we need the foundation, the framework, the paradigm, if you will, of the New Testament church, not the institutionalized version that is failing on every side. So when we look at scripture, do you take time to say, okay, this is what Barry says, but where is that found in the Bible? And is there something that contradicts that in the Bible so that we can come to this understanding of faith together? And so anything I say should be searched out by each one of us, and that includes you, the listener. If we intend to be disciples of Jesus and walk on the way with him, we must be fully trained in God's Word in order to receive from Him the commandments for each day, to know how to respond in every circumstance and what is the overarching desire of God for us, which is His fellowship at all times. So, today we're going to look at the assumption of who is actually the replacement or 12th apostle, and it is not Matthias. Let's look at Peter, the instigator, the ringleader, the impetuous. In Matthew 16, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. All right, and then he said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, it's not Peter that's the rock. It's the confession of faith in Jesus that Peter gave. 
and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And that was Jesus' pronouncement on what was going to take place in the, in the body of believers. And then in Matthew 16, we see from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from you, Lord, this, is not, uh, this shall not be unto you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get you behind me, Satan, for you are an offense unto me. You savor not the things that are of God, but those that are of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we see that Peter was pretty high-minded. Peter was pretty impetuous and said things that he really didn't exercise self-control. So in Matthew 17, 1 through 8, we see it again. And after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Uh, if you will, let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were very afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, don't be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. So we see again, Peter is just an impetuous man who wants to do stuff. And then later on in Jesus' teaching, he's teaching about being forgiving. And then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Jesus said to him, I don't say seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, Peter still needed his thoughts and his understanding adjusted by the Lord, which each one of us does. And Jesus is more than willing to bring us to that place of adjustment. And in Matthew 26, 31 through 46, Then said Jesus unto them, all you shall be offended because of me this night, for it's written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you in Galilee, into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of you, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, This night before the cock crow, you shall deny me three times. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with you, yet will I not deny you. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then Jesus went with them unto a place called Gethsemane. 
And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful. Then saith unto him, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And say unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we know that that happened again. And he came again and again to them, finding them asleep. So Peter was not able to even stay awake for an hour because of the heaviness of the hour. And that foretold that he would indeed deny the Lord. And then in Luke 22, it says, For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, It's enough. So, do you think that the disciples having two swords were thinking something like um, fish and bread, uh, perhaps five loaves and two fishes, maybe here are two swords, maybe the Lord could divide these and pass them out to everybody. Well, that might have been going through their thoughts, but Jesus did not call for an armed army. And then in John 18, we read, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. He was trying to do everything man's way. And then Jesus said to Peter, Put up your sword into its sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Jesus was doing it by the Holy Spirit, God's way. And then in Matthew Matthew 26:69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them, saying, I know not what you're saying. And we know that he kept denying Jesus until the cock crew, and then Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crew, you shall deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter was recognizing that he wasn't the man he thought he was. He was a high-minded man, thinking better of himself than he ought to. And God has ways of humbling us. So Jesus rose from the dead, and he had shown himself to the disciples a couple times. And then in John 21, we read, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called a twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Why go fishing, Peter? Why not wait for what the Lord wants you to do? And they said to him, we're going also. So they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing, which is the result of man's efforts. No matter what we say they're for, when it's man's plan, it fails. 
But God doesn't leave them there. When, when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. And he said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat and you shall find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. No more walking on the sea. He was eager to get to Jesus. But the other disciples came in the boat. And Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153, and also there were so, and although there were so many, the net wasn't broken. Another miracle from God in that moment. And then in Acts we read, being assembled together with them, he commanded them, that is Jesus commanded his disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The great outpouring of the Holy Spirit as predicted in the Old Testament was about to happen. The disciples would be empowered and given this great uh, ability to follow the voice of Jesus beyond anything that they have ever imagined. But there was one who was still too impetuous and we find it in Acts 1.15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, altogether the number of names was about 120, and said, Men and brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong he burst open in the middle and his entrails gushed out and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that fields called in their own language a keldama, that is field of blood. For it's written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. Therefore of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, Bringing, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of those must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from, G from which Jesus by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. And they cast lots. And the lot fell to Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. And by the way, he was numbered with the 11 apostles by the 11 apostles, not by God. God Jesus Christ himself picked all the apostles, and he picked the apostles as directed by God the Father. He went out and prayed, and then he called them to him. Well, let's, let's read that part. Jesus calling the disciples to be fishers of men. Matthew 4. 
From this time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they left their nets and followed him. And going on, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And then in Matthew 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he rose and followed him. So we get a picture that Jesus is the one who calls all disciples, and that includes you and me. Jesus then appointed the apostles. In Luke 6, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Do you believe that God, having directed Jesus to pray all night in order to receive the names of the apostles and to choose whom God himself appointed, that then God would say, well, why don't we cast lots for the next one? Of course not. Well, the lot is cast, but every result is from the Lord. Yeah, but what if the two results are wrong? Both of them. So what if, as a young man, I said, um, Lord, I really like Linda, and Lord, I really like Barbara. Uh, I'm gonna cast lots and see which one I should pursue for marriage. You know what? Both of those would have been and were wrong for me. God had in mind Holly. And I am so thankful that I didn't cast lots or pursue the wrong one. And because of that, my life has been fulfilled with a dear wife of many years and lots of lovely children and grandchildren and contentment in God's ways. So, we do not accept that casting lots is an appropriate way to determine the will of God. Now let's turn and consider Saul. Uh, in Acts 7, Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopping their ears, and ran at Stephen with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now, at face value, I don't think that would be the 12th apostle. But Jesus did. And in Acts 9, we see, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asking, asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. 
It's hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that's where we belong. Lord, what do you want me to do? And we know that as you're looking into the scriptures and studying to show whether these things are true, God wants us all to study to show ourselves approved for with the preparation of the good news of peace. Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was there three days, neither ate nor drank. And then we know about Ananias coming in and laying hands on him in the name of Jesus and Saul receiving his sight. And then when he had received food, he was strengthened. Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus and immediately he preached that Jesus is the Christ and is the Son of God. And Paul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. So let's take a look at what Paul says about himself. He begins these letters with this, Romans 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the good news of God, which he promised before through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. God called him to be an apostle. 1 Corinthians, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. 2 Corinthians, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Ephesians 1, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Colossians 1, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. 2 Timothy, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. And then Galatians 1 really nails it down. Paul an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul himself, called by Jesus Christ, even lifted up into the third heaven, Paul comes and proclaims that he was not called to be the 12th apostle because of a man, nor through a man, but through Jesus Christ. And that is the truth. Jesus called Paul as the 12th apostle as he called the other 11 and the one who betrayed him. Brothers and sisters, we can't just go on with uh, silly assumptions about what God is like. And we're going to go on to one more next week that's even a little bit more difficult to comprehend since it's been so embedded in Christian teaching and just really we have to examine what do we really believe about God the Father. Until then, have a blessed week, and remember, be faithful Bereans. I've given you all these scriptures. Go and see if these things are true. And in Jesus' name be blessed. Amen.